Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. Okay, so the first movie I saw back in theaters, guess what it was? Just just guess. Don't say Fast and Furious 9, because we're going to fight. It was Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> no! So, before we start the episode, we have a very, very special guest with us today. We have a very prolific, entertaining TikTok creator, CyberX Boyfriend. Welcome, CyberX Boyfriend, slash Laura. Howdy. How's it going? <laughs> very happy to have you. <laughs> so, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? I went to see the fireworks, the DC fireworks, and our uh, loyal listeners will recall me being very jaded last episode about fireworks. <laughs> All fireworks look the same, like, I don't know why anyone bothers to go see fireworks. And there you are. I went to see the fireworks. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the fireworks. I need to stop being such a jaded bitch about things. Like, I need to <laughs> just let myself enjoy things. The fireworks were awesome. Did you know that they have fireworks, literally like I, I'm gonna like quote my own self being like, they're not reinventing the firework. Do you know they could do fireworks that are like smiley faces and like stars and letters? Are you serious? I think that's what they have Disney letters? does, yeah. Oh, apparently DC does this. Yeah, it's, they spelled out USA with, with fireworks. I apparently they did reinvent the firework when I decided to stop caring about fireworks. <laughs> that's so patriotic. <laughs> Wait, no. Right. But first of all, I'm so intrigued by this. Because, I, I mean, obviously, I'm very jaded about stuff, too. But how do they control the explosion to actually create letters? I feel like I kind of know right. this. It's like... so. Okay, please. So it's like, it's, it's essentially like a fire that's timed in a way and then they either all go off at the same time or it's like a ticker so it's like it's a fuse that like would roll down in the shape of the letters that you would want it to say i think i I would hope i think that's the most sense that it would work huh so wait i have so many questions i have to look this up later i can look it up now (laughs) but i'm gonna like take five minutes to read it that's actually really cool okay you know what so think of like how when you like knock down dominoes right and then they all kind Mm -hmm. of like in like a row so th- i think yeah, that's yeah. how it goes with the fuse i believe i understand mm-hmm. that part but the reason why i'm still stumped about this is if it's a firework right mm-hmm. if, if it were like just a, a firework that's like uh, what do you call those um roman candle sparkler no no no, not the roman candles um the sparkle ones that you hold Sparklers, for your birthday yeah. that you're just holding your dance ring right if you just line those up on the floor and they're exactly in the letters i can understand that because you know mm-hmm. the floor is supporting it but if you're shooting it up into the air and at the same time in the air it's writing usa in the air all at the same time and it's not a fuse that's going off in the air that's what's blowing my mind and i'm assuming that's what you were saying i think i think there's a fuse in the rockets themselves so it's like a time delay so it would shoot them all up at the same time and then because there's a there's an internal fuse similar to like how like when a rocket ship launches off like a spacecraft will like drop from it and that's what flies i think that's how fireworks i see 
I see. You're saying that the actual letter is already in the cannon and they just shoot the letter up and then when the letter explodes in the air, it's already in the shape of the letter, the explosion. Yeah. That is some shit. Yeah. Shout out to fireworks, I guess. Pyrotechnics. I I underestimated you, fireworks. Um, Arson. (laughs) They're still fucking loud, though. That was also the first time that I had been in, like, a legitimate crowd of people since the start of COVID, which... Mm -hmm. I hate crowds. Like, I hate, 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 unequivocally hate crowds. But there was something kind of nice about it, that it felt normal to be in a crowd. And it was just like, I'm annoyed about the crowd because it's a crowd, not because I'm worried about catching a deadly virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just hate people. How, yeah. how quaint. <laughs> when you were saying how they were really loud, I was like, there is this TikTok that I was watching yesterday about this lady who was pissed off at Tony because he set up t- fireworks from 8 p.m. till 2 a.m. the next morning, and she chose violence, and she released this TikTok. Let me see if I can play it for you guys. This message is from my neighbor, Tony, that lives down the street and around the corner. Tony, yesterday, you were an asshole. You went from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. this morning popping off fireworks, which triggered some type of PTSD in my in my dog. And so I woke up this morning choosing revenge and anger. Um, fuck you. And your homeboy, Mark, that was at your house yesterday, eating your food and drinking your liquor um, and kicking with you, is fucking your wife, Patty. Have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) We stand. Uh, Another thing I did on 4th of July was I went to, the phrase even makes me laugh to say, I went to a pool party, (laughs) which feels very high school. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a little suburbia. For me, for my taste, it was a little much. Oh. There were a lot of people talking about like pool maintenance. I feel like pools are suburban. They are. They really are. It. Yeah. I don't know what I expected. I should have expected exactly that, which is like. Was it a public pool or was it somebody's private house? No, it was somebody's somebody's house. Their pool. Yeah, that's about right. I feel like that's having a pool right. party yeah. at a public pool would be like pure chaos. Like you're trying to like like <laughs> cut the cake, celebrate whatever you're celebrating, <laughs> oh, and then there's like four like twelve year olds just playing like. Marco Polo splashing everywhere. It was like not a good time. <laughs> yeah, trying to have an an adult party at a public pool would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, I don't know, because maybe there aren't even you're not even allowed to have alcohol at those types of places. <gasps> I think you're like I mean you're probably hundred and twelve percent right, but like yeah. Oh. Like you open canister, all of that, because it's technically a park and like you can get in trouble for like having like an open thing of wine at the park on a picnic with your boo or something. Yeah. That's some shit. You know what? Yeah. I take everything I just said back. Don't ever go to a public <laughs> Public pools are gross. <laughs> Don't do that. I think of that one episode of South Park. Like whenever I think of a public pool. Do y'all not know? I don't know. Okay, so there's this episode where like everybody's peeing in the pool so much the pool water just turns yellow. And that's like all I picture every time ah. I like think of a public pool. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Well, this was not a public pool. There was lots of alcohol, but it was also a lot of suburban people. It was all adults except for one rand- like one random person brought their like three year old. So <laughs> <laughs> all adults. This one random three year old. I mean, I'm kind of glad they bought a kid and not a dog. I feel like people bring their dogs everywhere. 
I am I'm generally more pleased to see a dog than a kid. I mean, you are correct. <laughs> a dog at a pool um, party could definitely cause chaos. Oh, yeah. It is not. Yeah. Especially if it's like chaos. a cookout yeah. and you're trying to like serve hot oh dogs. Here comes little Fido <laughs> trying to like grab a bite. <laughs> not a little Fido. <laughs> All to say, fireworks underrated, pool parties overrated. And that's my take on 4th of July activities for this year. I also, this is just something I heard coming up, and I'm excited because of how bad it's going to be. I can't wait. (laughs) So HBO Max (laughs) is coming out with a new series this summer, a reality TV show called F-Boy Island. (laughs) Sorry. This is just... Let's stop right there. Right out of... Is it what I think it is? Because it's like the sequel to Love Island? It's worse than you think of it. This is the worst straight people trash I've ever heard. Okay, here's the description. Three women move to a tropical island where they're joined by 24 men, 12 self-proclaimed nice guys looking for love, and 12 self-proclaimed fuckboys there to compete for cold, hard cash. I mean, you can finish reading this, but I'm already very upset about I this. I can tell you, it reminds me of, like, the worst reality show ever made. Have y'all... I don't remember the name of it, but I remember the premise... And, like, when I tell y'all about this show, y'all are going to be like, wait, what the fuck? Okay, so there was, at one point in time, it got canceled. I think it ran on Fox. And there was a reality show where there, it was, like, The Bachelorette, right? And it was, like, six gay dudes and, like, three straight dudes all pretending to, like, get this one girl. This was, like, 2003. And, like, here's here's the catch. So, like, if... If the girl picked the straight dude, she got the money. But if the girl picked a gay dude, he got the money. Oh my god. There are so many ethical things wrong with this. One. Two. When you first started saying this, I was like, oh, maybe they the producers cast them all thinking they were straight. And then some of them happened to be gay during filming. They just found out. No, the producers actually mm-hmm. went and cast that. What if, bro, okay, here's the biggest <laughs> finesse. What if you pretended to be gay to get on the show and then you get all the money and then you run away and you get the girl, right? You, you call her up after the show. The- Psych, <laughs> I wasn't gay. And then you'll have like a happily ever after with like a quarter of a million dollars. Just kidding. I'm bisexual and rich now. Oh. <laughs> But keep in mind, this is like 2003 money, so that could definitely get you like yeah. a ton of stuff. No, I just, I'm just awed at the like sheer mountain of trash that this seems like it's going to be. Like, I don't even like reality TV, but <gasps> at least this is just the TV. like, you do. <laughs> I used to, I don't, I don't watch it much anymore. But man, the old school, like 2000s, 2000s had so many classic like dating shows, like the Flavor of love. Next. <laughs> oh my god. Anything that featured New York. And I love college, New York. Yeah. Yes. She that had decade, her own That woman, she makes TV gold every single time she's on a show. I watch it just for her. Because back when we used to use Tumblr, if I saw a clip and any of the thumbnails had Tiffany Pollard's face in it, I was watching that clip. Didn't matter what it was. I was going to watch it. Fuckboy Island is nothing but straight people playing each other. So yeah. I'm all, I'm for it. <laughs> I mean, reality shows anyway. like are kind of having a renaissance. Like there's like some quality trash out there. 
I mean, this is HBO Max. Like, this is not, like, MTV. <laughs> when did HBO start airing reality shows? Uh, don't they stand I for, know. like, home box office? Yes. Uh, HBO is trying to get in on that reality TV money. Some quality trash. I want you to please watch that and update us because I don't think I'm going to be watching it, but I'm very curious to know about what happens. So thank you very much for doing the research. I will report back on what happens on Fuckboy Island. <laughs> Thank you. So, Laura, what have you been up to? Um, okay, so the first movie I saw back in theaters, guess what it was? Just just guess. Don't say Fast and Furious 9, because we're going to fight. It was Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think I've come to terms. I, I think I've come to terms with what Fast and Furious is as a franchise. It, it is just superheroes with cars at this point. And it's like, you know what? I can't even be mad because, like, I was mad when I walked out of Fast and Furious, like, what was it, like, six back in the day? Because there weren't enough cars going fast. And I'm like, you know what? I want to I wanna watch Vin Diesel stop a, a semi-truck with his arms. That's what I'm here to see. I'm here to see some raw, macho, testosterone, some automobile action. These movies, at this point, I, I agree with you. They are just high camp. I did, first of all, I will, I'm out here talking shit as if I didn't see it. I watched it from the comfort of my home. And you know this nonsense that, I guess there have been memes about this this whole week about um, Dominic Toretto. Apparently that's a grassroots like campaign from them. Mm. We talked about this. We talked about this a few episodes ago. It's a whole new world out here. Cause we were saying how a lot of times movies get cult status because they're memeable. Mm -hmm. And now movie producers are doing the thing where they make the movie and they incite the memes such that they can get that movie to get to cult classics so much faster because they themselves instigated the memes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's some shit. No, yeah. Memes are a legitimate marketing strategy now. No. This, yeah. Mean, yeah, they are. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the concept of, like, making the family joke is definitely, like, a format I've seen on Twitter before. But, like, the way in which it was done, it was just, like, it was, it was too much. It, was, it never felt sincere. The, the memes weren't great. I would say the memes weren't great. Well, I mean, the first three were, like, like legitimately about, like, cars and street racing. Like, I still genuinely right. consider Fast and Furious 3, like, one of my, like, top 20 favorite movies of all time. Because it's just about cars, racing, Bow Wow's in it. Right. It's, a, it's a fun time. Like, you Bow get wow. what you... Bow Wow's <laughs> in it. <laughs> he drives... He drives Checks this, all the boxes. He drives a Scion <laughs> XB that has, like a, like, a 3D Hulk fist coming out the side of it. It is, it is an iconic, like, movie. But it's about yeah. the cars. When I was car shopping... That's the car I wanted to buy. I That entire box thing, I was very into it. I was like, my car is going to be a fridge on wheels. I want that car. Those cars, by the way, they've all been rebranded now. Those cars still exist, but they just don't have the same exact boxy feel. They're now like crossovers that have over-designed angles. It's, I don't love it. I prefer the box. Just give me the box. <laughs> Oh, what else have you been up to? Um, I moved. Yeah, I moved. That was that was a struggle. That was a mess. We out here, no furniture, level one Sims life. <laughs> that struggle is real. <laughs> anyway, what have I been up to? I've been going through it this week. And I'm sure the listeners at this point know it's like on you can time your watch by it. Every three weeks, I just go all the way through it again. But the only thing I've done this week is 
I'll start by saying I watched the third season of The Kaminsky Method on Netflix, which I think might be its last season. It's actually a really good show. It's a show about... Okay, spoiler alert, I'm talking about The Kaminsky Method on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, maybe pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back. But it's it's pretty much Michael Douglas as an older actor who's unable to get acting gigs, and he resorts to being an acting coach. And surprisingly, he's actually a really good acting coach. And the movie actually, not the movie, the series ends up like doing a whole bunch of sequences that breaks the fourth wall as to seeing what... Cause Michael Douglas is an older actor who doesn't act as much in regular movies now. So he made him, it, the whole thing is very meta. And of course he's a really good actor, so you can see through all the sequences that he's doing a really good job. And they have like a whole bunch of heavy hitting older actors and they cast them as friends, ex-wives, ex-husbands, that kind of stuff. And the whole thing is a comedy that's like partnered with like a little bit of drama. And it is fucking hilarious it's hilarious but anyway i really enjoyed season three i think they did the smart thing by ending it at season three because if they had tried to stretch it for longer i think they were already grasping at straws so i think they they made the right decision to end it um yeah so that was good i had fun watching that and then i found this twitter thread and it brought me so much joy the thread is just people talking about stuff that they completely misunderstood as children because they were innocent and they didn't know any better. And there is one about this girl who just wrote boys' names in the date section of her homework <laughs> because, <laughs> because she thought the homework was asking her who her date was or the person who thought the end construction sign was a protest sign. <laughs> <laughs> the end construction. <laughs> I, was, I mean, these took me out. <laughs> end construction. <laughs> or the person who thought, like, um, the drug-free zone meant a place for you to get free drugs. First of all, first of all, if I ever opened a marijuana dispensary, that's exactly what I'm going to call it. Drug it's going to be zone. called the drug-free zone. I Sponsored swear to God. by Dare. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I need to dear. figure out a way to open a marijuana dispensary, honestly. There's another one. The person who thought being fired meant she got burned at the stake. And she was distraught. Distraught when she heard her dad got fired. <laughs> Can you imagine? The one who thought her parents were getting a divorce because her mom was bad at sex. And the reason she thought this is because she found her mom's driver's license and it said sex F. Imagine how how warped her thought process has to be for you to just draw like those two things are so unrelated, but she just drew that line. She was like, Well, my mom got an F in sex, so that explains the divorce. Oh, the person who thought the divorce was people putting on their wedding outfits and walking backwards down the aisle. <laughs> this one took me out because I was like, can you imagine if part of the law said for you to get a divorce, this is actually how you had to do it? Does that mean like we have to do the whole wedding in reverse? You got to like pick up the flowers the and stuff. <laughs> You gotta like um, take off the rings and give them to a small child yeah. and have him walk backwards down the aisle. <laughs> the whole thing. The have whole a little thing. girl like pick up flower petals off the floor. Yeah, or the person who thought they had to yeet their prayers up to heaven because if they didn't, the prayers wouldn't make it. <laughs> and the last one, um, the person who thought the catechism phrase, Jesus never made a fist. They thought it meant that Jesus just had a weak grip. Jesus was a pacifist. He really was, except, you know what? There is one time in the Bible that Jesus broke flock. He completely broke flock. <laughs> he was at the temple and he saw people trading at the entrance of the temple. 
which had nothing to do with the business of the temple. So you know what that guy did? He threw hands. He grabbed stones and he and a whip. He start, He was fighting people. He was just <laughs> out here throwing hands. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> that reminds me of the. There was this. It's. I think it's like a fake game, and it's like, it's like not a fake game. It's obviously a real game, but it's like an indie game, and it's like religious fighting. And, like, all I just picture is, like, Jesus, like, it's the, it's, because you know how in fighting games, characters have intros, right? So it's, like, Jesus coming down from the cross, and he says some, like, religious saying, but he, like, breaks it with his fist. Like, he just breaks the end of the crosses off, and then he just starts fighting (laughs) with that, still, like, stapled (laughs) into his hands. That's all I picture. I'm sorry. Is this... It's, is, this, is this a real game you can buy and play? It, you can buy it on Steam, but it's, like, not on Xbox. It's, like, I don't know, like, Google Religious Fighting Game or something like that. Amazing. I, oh, man. Okay, I'm not into <laughs> video games. The only console I have, during the panoramic, I wanted to be hip to what the kids were doing. And I heard that the Nintendo Switch was where it was at. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed, you know, I drove my raggedy ass to Best Buy and I went to buy a Nintendo Switch. And then I bought it, and I was like, what games are popular? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, people really like Super Mario, whatever it is, Mario Kart, and Mortal Kombat. So I bought those two games. Until tomorrow, I haven't bought a third game, and I don't know how the thing works. I've turned it on twice. I don't know how to play it. But I was hoping you would say that this religious game was on Switch, and you know what I was going to do? There was going to be a third time I turned it on. <laughs> a third time? I was going to play this game. <laughs> I was going to play this game. <laughs> this is what I was going to do. Oh, my God. But, so the last thing is... That J. Cole album that you recommended, mm-hmm. I gave it one pass through. I actually really like it. I'm Because I, I didn't, I just gave it like, I, you know, you start from playing, you just let the whole thing wash yeah. over you. But I didn't like listen intently. And I really liked it. So I think I'll go and listen to it over and over again. Yeah, that was a really good recommendation. So thank you. Shout out to J. You're Cole. Welcome. Shout out. Having the rain. Shout out J. Cole, J. Cole, the off season. <laughs> <laughs> so the topic we'll be discussing today is TikTok slash moving okay and if you guys don't already understand we have a tiktok creator in the house today which is why half this episode is tiktok so yeah first question obviously is when did you join tiktok um i joined it last year during the pandemic because like let me stop you right there on this podcast we don't say pandemic we do not say pandemic it's either panoramic panda express pandemic lovato or panorama panasonic Oh, okay. I joined it during the the Panamera Express. The I I joined TikTok during the um Panama Canal. <laughs> the Panama Canal. <laughs> Wait. So, what made you want to join TikTok? Like, what what spurred you to join it? I mean, it was more or less because it's I don't know. It's a different type of content, and I feel like you get you get bored on like the Bird app, just reading through it. And I feel like. I don't know, like TikTok is, it's entertaining and it's small content. Maybe it's more so that I was at the point where I was just aggregating content from TikTok from like other places on like YouTube, uh, Twitter, all of that. So I'm like, let me just find the content myself and go directly to the source. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I've noticed since joining TikTok is I'm on Instagram. I'm like, oh, all of these are TikTok videos. So like I'm on Reddit. I'm like, these are TikTok videos. Right. I don't know if you saw that light bulb moment that just went off in my head. Laura said bird app. And I was like, is that a new thing that I don't know about? No. I was watching your face. That's just Twitter. I was like, 
because for a second there, I was like, is my millennial ass just missing out on something that I don't even know exists? It's like when somebody was talking about Clubhouse, and I was like, what's that? Because I, I thought they were talking about like a new spot, like a bar that opened. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? I've never been there. And they were like, oh, no, it's a, it's a social media platform. And I was like, oh. Oh, to be fair, I call TikTok. I usually refer to it as the dance app or the clock app. So <laughs> the clock app. So since joining, what has been some of your favorite things about TikTok? Um, it's small and it's fun in the sense of like, like I got like a lot of homies on there, and I think for the first time in a long time, um, with social media, it feels social again in a way that like you really do not have with Instagram or like Twitter. Or anything like that when it's it it almost feels like i'm not sure if y'all were like on tumblr like during like the peak tumblr era in like 2015 but it's definitely giving me those vibes and it's cool because like everybody that i connect with is still like adults all of that and i feel like in comparison to like twitter or instagram everybody's so caught up in adult life it, it, like tiktok is really the one like social media that feels like a place where you can just kiki it up free from like kind of corporate like malaise like in advertising that is on like instagram and twitter and like that kind of hyper seriousness that can kind of permeate right. those websites i actually just joined twitter like literally maybe two months ago too so no, I mean... You did. You, you had, like, six followers for a long time. Now I have 17. Nice. 17? Have 17. <laughs> nice. 17. What I was going to say is um, what's nice about TikTok is that one of the sad things last year, somebody who just joined it was, like, during, like, the whole uh, Donald Trump is going to sell TikTok to Walmart or, like, whatever. We need a U.S. buyer. And I think some of the, one of the things, because, like, I grew up on the Internet, so, like, I've been on the Internet since I was, like, a young and all of that. And, like, one of the things that I've noticed, like, I lived through the life and death of Facebook, MySpace, all of these, like, I watched them. And one of the biggest things that happens is, like, the corporate switch, which is, like, it, it almost killed YouTube in a way. Um, but YouTube has been, like, trucking. But, like, there was a point in time when a lot of the content that you would find on YouTube was copywritten. And when you look at, like, a website like Twitch, right, Twitch just got bought by Amazon. So, like, there's this huge issue on Twitch right now because there's um, Twitch streamers and they play music and stuff in the background. And when they play, like, music and stuff in the background, all of that, it wouldn't, like, now now that's getting copyright struck. They're like, you can't, you can't have music in the background anymore. And, like, people have, like, literally hours of recorded Twitch streams that are now being threatened to be taken down i just had to look up what twitch is oh my but god you now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point in time when youtube i think kind of got more corporate and there was a point in time i mean it's gotten a little bit better now but like people were getting copyright struck like all the time on youtube back in the day like i would say like three four five six years ago and like it's gotten a lot more lenient now but like I've, like, had some of my YouTube videos blocked worldwide, like, literally just for, like, a 30-second clip. And it's very interesting, like, how, like, corporations will come to a website and be like, oh, you owe us royalties, blah, 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 not realizing that, like, nobody's really going to a lot of these pages to kind of, 
watch like i don't watch a twitch streamer to listen to like a kendrick lamar song the music right yeah like, yeah they're using <laughs> right. it as like a supplement and i get in a way like they they are earned royalties but there's a lot of the content on youtube that technically falls into fair use and like somebody playing um i don't know like a um like playboy cardi song off of like a speaker in the room while they play like madden is not even like good listening quality to like justify like the way they're acting they actually haven't started regulating podcasts but chrissy and i've been really really conscious about that so sometimes even even with the fair use thing because first of all fair use actually is not a blanket permission fair use is just if you do get sued that can be your legal defense but you can still get sued even if you use less than six seconds it's a very possible to get sued but there are a few episodes where i know i just grabbed sound bites and added and i put like there's an episode where i was talking about mother's day and the mm-hmm. intro featured outcast i'm sorry miss jackson where he goes this goes out to all the mamas the baby's mamas the baby's mamas mamas and i use that for the intro and i'm like if the label that produced that album for outcast comes after me i'm just doing that episode <laughs> i don't want no smoke i do not want any smoke but yeah no they haven't started regulating podcasts and even on the podcast when like i'll probably sing like 15 seconds of a song which clearly i'm not a musician i sound nothing like the original recording mm-hmm. artist but i use their i guess content so they could come if you're listening to this podcast and i've used any of your shit just let me have it just just <laughs> Go ahead. Let me. Have I don't it. believe in copyright. Fun fact, which I know that sounds kind of aggressive, but like I don't believe in the modern state of copyright, and I can kind of get into more context about that because I feel like like when you when it comes to like corporations like Disney, all of that, like they've bought up so much culture that like the public domain is no longer a legitimate thing, and like at one point in time, like the Happy Birthday song was something that was copywritten by like Sony. For example, like literally the most popular song in the world was copywritten. Like because I think it, still it was is, a, is it? It just went public domain actually because they lost it. Um, oh my god! Yeah, the hooray! Right, happy birthday what? to you. Um, because it used to be like a running joke on Disney Channel, and the thing is, is that like, I to me, I feel like copyright feels almost like a form of censorship in some way in contemporary culture where it's like. There was a point in time when images were more copywritten on the internet. So, like, think of the way we think of, like, memes now. Imagine if memes were treated like NFTs and, like, you wanted to make, like... starting to get there. You wanted to make, like, a Vin Diesel meme, right? And they were like, oh, you got to take this down because Vin Diesel is part of the Fast and Furious franchise and you do not have rights or license to use Fast and Furious trademarked by Sony Pictures Entertainment, USA, LLC, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's, it's just this weird... Because I grew up in a time when, like, everything was, like, remixed. Everything was reworked and all of that. And I it saddens me to think about, like, all the great stories that could be made by, like, somebody who's a passionate, like, Batman fan, right? But because he can't get the copyright to Batman, he can't tell that story. Or, like, all the great albums and songs that have been released because somebody didn't want to give the copyright to it. And, like, alternatively, this isn't me saying that you shouldn't have, like, ownership over your work in a certain way, shape, or form. But I I think that copyright should work similar to, like, patents, where it's, like, 
you can only have a patent for like 15 years. You can renew it once for 30 years. And then after that, it all goes like public domain. Because like, if you're, if you can't tell a story in like 30 years, like what, what do you need that? Like, that's a big ass story. Like, like you don't need to tell a story. <laughs> what I do agree is an individual person who actually created that content may keep the copyright. When corporations start to meddle and start to just mm-hmm. buy out everything just so they own it, that I have a problem yes. with. I feel like that's just No, unfair. no, yeah. it is shitty because now you have, like, musicians losing rights to their entire catalog. And now what upsets me about that, one, is because now you have people abusing, like, the copyright system because, like, I think some Christian artists ended up suing Katy Perry because, like, their songs were in the same key. And it's like you can't sue somebody for vibes like like that. It doesn't work that way, chief. And it, it, it's just like sue somebody. So, how do you come up with your video ideas for TikTok? Um, I mean, like I just have a lot of interests because, like I said, I've been on the internet since I was like a kid, and because of that, I'm just into like art, culture, all of that. Um, like I know what works well, which is like the BuzzFeedy type of content where it's like making assumptions based on uh, what car you drive and, and like stuff that's, that's pretty much just like a BuzzFeed personality test. Um, uh, I, I know what works on it. So like just finding ways to talk about the things that I like that work within the context of that framework but also like sometimes i just get on there and make rants like i ranted about how like trader joe's irritates the fuck out of me and somehow that's become (laughs) like one of my most popular videos so it's weird you had a rant that i I, as soon as i saw it i sent it to christy i was like you said people who use natural deodorant are just musty as fuck and that shit don't work I have been saying this for as long as I can remember. I find somebody who talks about natural deodorant. I'm like, you shut the fuck up. I used natural deodorant for a year. It's not it, chief. And I'm sorry to anybody who knew me within that one year in time. Because that was, that was, a, that was, a, sad, that was a dark period. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we back on that aluminum wave. So what made you decide to be a TikTok creator? Okay, so my girlfriend, um, bless her heart, she kind of like, she's like, listen... I, I like listening to you talk about stuff, but you got to talk about this stuff with someone else because I have ADHD. I'm like, so with ADHD, sometimes I'm just like, ah, like I'm going to talk about whatever is on my mind right now. And like part of it is like, I think, I think hyperfixation is technically an like autism term. But there is something similar with that when it comes to like ADHD. So this is just a way for you to, I don't want to say cope, but like it's a way for you, it's an outlet for you to just focus on the things that you want to talk about whenever it pops in your head and you just do that. Yeah, it's just like dead ass. Like it's just me talking about like whatever I want to talk about rather than like just kind of like, you know, just focusing on it for like a long time and like not having a way to like share my thoughts. Because I feel like what's weird is that like, I don't want to say that, like, I exist in my own niche, but, like, not for nothing. Like, there's a lot of content on YouTube and, like, TikTok that's not about the stuff that I talk about, but there is. And in the weirdest way, um, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I make kind of serves as, like, an analog to, like, the McMansion thing, for example. Like, there is no analog to, like, HGTV that is the opposite in terms of like pop culture there is no counter voice to that 
there is like there's nobody making like long form video essays like the one that I made that's like talking about Disney's kind of an awful company and here's why. So that's kind of why I started creating content. People are out here just actually creating stuff because this is what's in their mind to do. It blows my mind every time. So how do you feel about the TikTok algorithms on the For You page? The TikTok algorithm is like really messy because like on the one hand, um, I've heard things about it that like there was this huge like document that said like, okay, we're only going to promote your video if the lighting's good or if like the video quality is good and this and that. But like, because like I've been on the internet for so long, I kind of understand the dichotomy of algorithms. So kind of like how the best way I can put it is that a machine only knows what you put into it, right? So if because it rates content, right, based on a viewing. So like the way the algorithm works on TikTok is like it pushes your content out to like a small circle of people. Some of them follow you, some of them don't, right? And then it tests that video if it does well, if like the view the view time engagement the likes, the comments are good, they push out to the next one. If the shares are good, they push it out to the next tier, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to an algorithm that's based on user input, you have gender bias, racial bias, um, kind of biases that like cause a lot of the other societal and systemic issues within the like app itself. And I wouldn't say that it's the algorithm itself that's problematic, but it's the taste of the users because no matter what, people just want to see like good looking, like white people, good looking, straight people, all of that. I will say though, the TikTok algorithm has been, it's been really good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say it's, it's, it's been really good to me as a, as a, as a consumer, I will say. It's been the really For You page is probably like one of the best like content aggregators on the internet because it, it, here's the thing, like they got in trouble for taking all your data, right? So it's like literally I had never spoken about Legos on TikTok before. And like, I just started talking about Legos as in like getting into them as a hobby because I have, but literally the day I went to the Lego store, I started seeing Lego content on my For You page. I'm like, I don't like this chief. And I, they probably yeah. use my like geographic location <laughs> to like realize that like, oh, you was, you was shopping with Lego. All right, bet you're going to love this one. Oh my God. At some point, maybe I'll have an experience that turns me off to how they collect and use data. But for the most part, most of the companies that collect and use my data, I've been loving what they've used it for. <laughs> Like, like literally the other day, because I had like a, a toilet seat bidet and I wanted to replace it with a handheld bidet, but I hadn't even gone looking to shop for it. I was thinking about it. And I think one day I just got on Amazon and I just tried to find the um, the shower hose that connects it. And then literally the next day the thing sent me, this bidet is on sale for 50% off. The and I was like, look at me. Look at me go. I bought it right there and then. I instantly bought it. They I was, know what you're going to buy before you buy it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind it. At all. Well, for that purpose, I didn't mind it. Because literally, the, after I bought it, the day after, it went off of sale. It went back to the full price. That's and I was like, scary. yeah. I, I was like, they knew. They were like, if you don't get this thing right now, the sale is going to be over. Let's help you out. I was so excited about it. I was so happy. So to the data collection gods please don't make me regret what i've just said 
What is something you wish you knew when you had started out as a TikTok creator? I guess I wish I knew how much, like, I know this is going to sound like fucked up, but like I wish I knew how much there was a buy-in quality wise on the app. Because if I had known I that, I wouldn't have started just like with poor lighting. Which I know that sounds really weird, but like going back to the algorithm and things like that, like I would never have thought myself like two years ago to be somebody who owns a ring light, but here I am. And it's things like that where it's like, because when you really look at like the content that gets popular or like, here's here's a fun test. If you just go on like TikTok.com and look at like an unlogged in for you page. It's it's like BuzzFeed level quality content. I have something to say about this. As a huh. consumer, I don't mind. I know it's, I know like I'm not a creator on TikTok, so I kind of get it. But like as a consumer, I like things that are aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. also audibly pleasing. And it's the same thing with podcasts too, right? Some people will take episodes that are unedited, recorded on a smartphone microphone, and they'll publish it. And it, li- I listen to it, and I'm like, the content that they're actually, whatever the discussion topic is, it's great, but the sound quality, grinds the inside of my ears and i so when i go look at somebody's video i'm like okay your camera angle is a little tilted to the left (laughs) like i can notice stuff like that and i'm like if i could just if i could (laughs) if i could just tilt it back the other way just a little bit like stuff like that well i'm looking at the video but all those things i can see them and they're bothering me so if tiktok is already going on the front end just tell people look for you to create this content this is the standard we want you to meet I know it's kind of sucky because a lot of people who are just starting out don't have the resources to have all of that set up, but hopefully they work towards it because there are people who publish podcasts, they are on like their fourth season Mm. and their sound quality is still shit. But (laughs) there's also like a catch 22 though, where it's like, I feel like people, because it's like, I guess I had to, more or less, I earned the right to say, hey, I need a ring light. And, like, there are people who will literally, like, go to a store and get, like, an HD camera, but, like, they have, like, the personality of, like, a sack of bricks. And, like, they're not they're not entertaining, but they got, like, the quality, right? And then, like, they're trying to be, yeah. a persa- like, a personality, but, like, they can't do it. That makes sense. But the algorithm can quantify, like, how good the quality of the picture is, but not exactly how, like, funny the person is. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I would rather see terrible visual but the actual content of the video is great as opposed to beautiful lighting but what they're saying is or their personalities no. <laughs> like i mean look at like old viral videos from like youtube back in the day like numa numa didn't have like an hd camera no. No. <laughs> are there any creators you want to shout out like people you think should get follows on TikTok that you like? So I think healthy underscore punk, they make really good content. Five, H-A-H-E-M, they make really good content. Tyler, S-H-L-L-I-M-E-S-Z-N, he makes really good content, very funny. Oh, here's something that I want to say about TikTok that's really interesting that we can talk about. TikTok is a weird app in terms of like, Going back to, like, how we were talking about censorship earlier, TikTok has, like, really, really weird yet strict censorship rules. Because, like, I get it. Like, the core demographic of that app, like, doesn't even have their learner's permit. It's like, you really want to, like, protect them, right? And, like, I'm thankful that TikTok has done a better job of, like, separating, like, adult TikTok from, like, kids' TikTok. 
Like, they don't really interact and, like, see each other on, like, their For You page as much anymore. Um, but I think it's very weird and interesting, like, like, not for nothing, like, I say, like, the N-word a lot in, like, my everyday vocabulary, and I, like, had to unlearn that on TikTok. And it's, like, if you watch my YouTube videos, I say it all the time, right? Because it's just part of, like, my dialect, my lexicon. And it's, like, I can't even say that. Like, if I make a video and I say that, it gets deleted automatically. Um, and then there's some weird double standards when it comes to stuff on the app. Now, I don't know if it's just people giving me less of, like, a leeway as, like, a black creator um, because, of, like, internal biases. But, like, yeah, sometimes, like, I get my stuff deleted on the app when I see somebody doing the exact same thing or making something very similar or, like, let's say that, like, like I had a friend, their TikTok account got, like, deleted because, like, somebody was vaping in it. And just, like, like little things like that where it's, like, like it's a, yeah, it's, like, it's weirdly G-rated. But, like, there's tons of, like, thirst traps and stuff like that. But, like, heaven forbid you, like, show somebody with, like, a gun, like, a play gun, right? I, I, look, on last week's episode, I talked about being shot two weeks ago. So, they need to make sure they censor not even a water gun. <laughs> because I'm just coming off of being shot. So. Water gun. You know the prince who just, like, the UK prince who, like, just passed away? What's his name? Yeah. Philip. Sorry, I said Philip. I don't know if you heard me. Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Philip. So, like... I made a TikTok and was like, shit that would end Prince Philip. And it's like music by Sophie, pop rocks and things like that. And like, I got that idea from like a little like white girl that I saw on my For You page. My shit got deleted, but hers was still up. And it's like things like that. that are kind of yeah, I've seen videos that. like that on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is, I didn't know they just did, wow, that, that's reckless. I I didn't know that it was that, wow. Yeah, like it's, I've gotten better at like knowing what the boundaries are on the app, but like, like you, you gotta be really careful. Like you were kind of walking on eggshells on that app. Well, so we're going to move on to talking about, ah. We're going to move on. (laughs) Moving is a chore. It's a chore. Yes. The older you get the more annoying it actually is. And I think that's a function of just accumulating more stuff. How do you feel about moving, Laura? I mean, I I moved in like a really weird way because like technically I'm supposed to go back to Texas and then you haul all this stuff up with my girlfriend. But like, yeah, so I just like I just like hopped on a plane like on some like party in the USA hopped at the plane at LAX um, <laughs> with my dreams and my bags and all that so like that's what I did and it's like this is different because it's like I don't have nothing right I'm like damn I'm kind of hungry oh wait I don't have pots pans a microwave anything like that so like it's like the struggle is very real right now right and it's like you don't realize like how much stuff you need and use that are like a function of day-to-day life that like are provided at you at like a hotel or an airbnb and sidebar put a pin in that i have a whole rant about airbnb we can talk about because that was that was a trip (laughs) yeah you just talk about like not i just accumulate the stuff like i don't (laughs) i've never well we tried to prune it back a little bit on this last move but i just 
like very distinctly remember moving when I was much younger. First, it was just like throw stuff in my car. Like, doesn't matter. Like throw stuff in my car. Then it was like, okay, it all fits in my car, but I have to very strategically pack it in my car. And then all of a sudden it was like, we have several like extremely heavy pieces of furniture that are actually worth keeping. Like (laughs) now we have a whole ass truck. Like, yeah, it's just, And yeah. I can't, like, I can't even imagine my, my husband's parents are thinking about downsizing because they're, they're both retired now and they have, like, this huge house that they've lived in, like, when they were kids. They've lived in this house for, like, 30 years. Like, I can't imagine going through that amount of stuff. That's so like, much stuff. <sighs> the, the amount of stuff. <sighs> Can we, My can we talk about the price of moving too? Well, I'm moving like across <gasps> oh the country, but like even then, like the logistics of U-Haul are too damn expensive. Cause we don't we don't need mm-hmm. a U-Haul for a whole week. Well, I gotta pay fifteen hundred dollars for the whole week of U-Haul. I only need it for like mm-hmm. four days. And like I understand you got an insurance and all of that, but like if you were to hire a moving company or a pod, it's like the same price if not double. And it's like there's no logistical moving for people who don't have a ton of stuff. Like, you, you kind mm. of have to pay the, the stuff premium no matter where you go. And if you're going, like, a long way, like like you did, I don't know what you did this time, but if you're moving a long way and you're looking for a new place, you either have to pay for a whole trip out there just to look at places, or you have to, like cross your fingers and go off of like photos and video tours and hope you don't get a shitty place. I can can explain to you the chaos. This is why I brought up Airbnb. Because Airbnb's (laughs) trifling. This is an anti-Airbnb endorsement. We do not not like Airbnb around these parts. So Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, I'm going to move, right? I made the choice. I made the conscious decision. I'm like, okay, if I move to another state, another city, nobody's gonna take me without proof of income because it's very important for you to have proof of income and like because i didn't have proof of income i'm like that let me do a month at an airbnb a sublet because like there's airbnb i felt like originally started as a place to sublet right like it it wasn't like Mm. all of that but banana peel so i was gonna sublet and then after the end of my sublet at airbnb then i found the place but going back to airbnb Mm. airbnb is extremely trifling right now because like literally can we talk about how you go on airbnb and it's not only as expensive but more expensive than a hotel right on -hmm. top of the fact that like 90 percent of it is like it's not even a full place anymore it's like here's my basement bedroom you have to sleep next to my cousin joe though but he's cool (laughs) we have an xbox (laughs) It's, it's like <laughs> the level of quality has gone down so much. And here's what made me mad mm-hmm. is that I'm going to put this Airbnb host on blast. But like she she literally had the market cornered up here, which I know is insane to say. But this this woman had 90 Airbnb listings in the area. And like oh part God. of like, yeah. And like, here's the thing. What? So I live in Seattle. Right. And Seattle has this huge issue with micro studios. Right. And I kid you not, I feel like part of the reason why I couldn't find, like, a place with, because I kept making this joke with my friends, like, that finding a studio apartment with a kitchen is a luxury now, 
because a lot of these micro studios don't have full kitchens, meaning you don't get a full size fridge, you don't get a full size range stove, all of that. Um, mm. And I feel like a part of that reason is because of people like this that take up all the affordable listings off the market and then list them in Airbnb. And my thing is, is that like for what I paid, like I paid sixteen hundred dollars for an Airbnb, right? But like, I feel like that was not sixteen hundred dollars worth of stay. Like I got three towels. One had a bleach stain in it. There were ants in there. All I was given was uh, a roll of toilet paper, one roll of paper towels. Um, did I mention there were ants? I think I already did. I got uh, yeah. a thing of Dove. <laughs> I got again. a thing of Dial. I mean, not Dial. It wasn't even, it was like, it was like not Irish Spring, but not Irish Spring. Like it was Irish Spring, but it wasn't like bar of soap. The bed was rickety. The pillows looked like they hadn't been washed since like 1894. They were yellow. Um, the sheets were sweaty and hot. Like, sweaty. Yeah. Like, like it, it felt like I was staying in a liminal space, truthfully. Like it was, it was true. It was the worst like sleeping experience that i had had and like I, I was just sitting there here's the worst part airbnb has no um like cancellation policy based on like cleanliness or like quality or things like that so i was literally because like i had made here's the thing so with airbnb if you cancel within the first 24 hours of staying at a long stay like 30 days or more which is what i was doing you can get your full refund right but after that, no, you don't get full refund. It is up to the hosts if they want to refund you or it's up to the, the court system within Airbnb and their moderators. So I was literally hoping after like a week, week and a half, I'm like, damn, I really hope I can just get bed bugs. Like I'm hoping there's some bed bugs here. That way <laughs> I can get out of it because that was the only way that I could get a refund through Airbnb. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Airbnb started out so strong. And I think it's because people who were like, maybe they had um, a bed and breakfast and they actually knew how to host people. And then it just became like anybody who had like a spare room, not even a spare room. If, if you wanted to like save some costs in your rent, you just list your place on Airbnb. And it became exactly what you're saying. But yeah, no, Airbnb is raggedy as fuck. I really hope you can get some money back from that. I don't, I don't even know if I have like leeway to do it, to like complain because I looked into their policies and like, I don't know. And my thing, here's the worst part. So like, I was hoping that there would be bad bugs because I would get an upfront refund from Airbnb because here's the thing, $1,600 is a lot of money. But then on top of the fact that I would then had to have gotten a hotel which cost a good chunk of change on top of that. And Airbnb was not going to guarantee my safety if I canceled it. And there's a reason why their cancellation pol policy for long stays is more strict. And it's because they make thousands of dollars off of them. So if we already got like the thousands of dollars, why are we going to let you cancel? This nonsense where I go into somebody's house and they are also there while I'm in their house. I can't do that. No. If I show up at your house, you need to be gone. You need to be all the way gone. I cannot share a space. I cannot, I don't, I, when I go to Airbnb, the first thing I do is I select entire place. Exactly. Because the thing is, I, I don't know what anybody else's cleanliness level, uh, cleanliness level is. And for me to then put up with you, even if it's only for a week, absolutely not. Say for instance, somebody who gets out of the shower and doesn't wipe before they put their foot on the mat and I have to shower after you and I have to put my foot on a dripping wet mat murder murder 
murder. Mm -hmm. I would leave your Airbnb and catch a charge instantly. But yeah, Airbnb used to be so cheap that it was like I could put up with some of that weird shit because it was like, okay, this is weird, but I'm also paying half as much as I am for a hotel. Now it's like I'm paying the same price or more, and if I were in a hotel, I could get an actually clean towel and there wouldn't be ants. Like <laughs> There wasn't even a TV in my Airbnb. Like, I was staying at the oh budget Airbnbs, bro. No. And it's just, it's no. like, here's, like, the worst part is that it wasn't well decorated. Like, like I wish that, like, I could show y'all pictures. Like, the paint was different colors on the walls. Like, it just made, like, it made me sad, like, to be in there. So, like, my, my litmus test was, like, on the second night, the toilet clogged right so i'm like you know what let me let me see let me ask them to bring me a plunger and see if see how long they take they took four hours i had to go shit at a cvs like that's that's an emergency right you you know what i mean like i can't use the toilet they're telling me boil hot water and pour it in pour it down the drain till i get there and i get it a a plunger is two three four five six dollars it's not expensive right but it's again it's not my job right they didn't even bring me the right plunger insane to me they brought me a sink plunger oh my god no seattle is not flat let me tell you i gotta walk down 19 flights of stairs (laughs) <laughs> literally like it's so steep that they put like stairs on like the sidewalk trails I'm oh like, i'd be huffing Don't and walk. puffing by the time i come home from work it was like that in i'm s- getting fl- <laughs> so the two of us went to college in pittsburgh and pittsburgh is like that like everywhere you walk you're <laughs> like trekking up the craziest hills Oh I was I was so fit though, my dear. I was so fit, very <laughs> fit, and I enjoyed being fit. One of the times I was on holiday in Europe, I always keep this in the back of my mind. But the time I booked that trip, I think it skipped my mind. I booked an apartment on Airbnb, and I didn't notice that it was on the ninth floor. And they have those buildings that are so old that they don't have the elevators. <gasps> and like I just booked it, I didn't think about on it. The ninth- and then I didn't realize it until I actually got there and I checked in. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was up and down them steps. Literally, I would plan something to do and I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> These stairs today, I'm not making it. And the funny thing is when people in those buildings, when they deliver food to you, they don't bring it up to the ninth floor, which makes sense. So I couldn't even eat. I would be like... If I'm going down right now, I'm buying five meals <laughs> because the next time I'm leaving this place is three days from now. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I that walking around on really steep hills. I'm so sorry Seattle is like that. But aren't anyway. the aren't the stairs steeper in older buildings too though? Like that older building, yep. oof. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case where they're just only steep. I wish they were steep, but they were longer, so you at least like have they're like they're steep and then they keep going back and forth. So you have to like change directions. <laughs> <laughs> this shit drove me crazy. I was livid. I was there for literally two weeks and every single day I was like, fuck. It's almost like, and the window was like open. I was like, I just want to jump out the window. <laughs> I can hit the floor so much faster. <laughs> It'll be so much faster. We have this, this lamp. It's somewhere between a lamp and art. But it's made out of, like, an 1800s sewing machine and a bunch of, like, recycled instruments. There's, like, a like a clarinet and a... What else is on there? A clarinet, a flute, and I think a flugelhorn, my husband said it was. I did not... I don't even know what a flugelhorn is. But 
Um, but it's really cool, but it's like, it, it's very delicate and has like a bunch of pieces sticking out and like light bulbs way up. And <laughs> we like, we went, we were like getting ready to move. We were like, how the fuck do we move that thing? But, which I will, <laughs> I will say we had professional movers this last time and to them it was no problem. It was not the weirdest thing they'd seen that week. They were like, sure, we can move that. The big TV that's in the living room upstairs, I started to think, I was like, I need to get a nice TV stand for this. And then I caught myself mid-thought. I was like, you raggedy bitch, how are you going to move it? (laughs) (laughs) You I was like, how how are you going to move it? When I tell you, I'm... It's over for me now because I had always done it myself. That gets old as you get older too. Like, feel like I need to give my friends more than like pizza and beer for giving them like back pain for the next week, (laughs) moving my shit. But this past move, my job reimbursed our moving expenses. So we were able to like hire movers. So what we did was we packed all of our things in boxes except for like breakable things just because of liability reasons. So then they came in and packed up all of the fragile breakable things and they moved all the boxes we packed, all the boxes they packed and all the furniture into the truck. They drove the truck from Connecticut to DC. They showed up at our apartment building, like weaving through the streets of DC in this giant moving van. And they moved everything up to our house and put all the furniture where we wanted it. Like the price tag was shocking, but I don't think I can ever go back. It was so nice. Did I tell you the story of when I when I was leaving Webster on one of the summers, I lived on, again, a ninth floor, and the elevators broke the day I was trying to move out. <gasps> and I had to move boxes by stairs. I have suffered in this life. I've been suffering. I suffered for 19 years. It's time for me to shake my ass on a yacht. Regarding being an adult, what's your favorite thing and your least favorite thing about being an adult? I would say buying everything, but also buying everything. And like, I moved into my first place. I'm like, damn, how much for a Hello Kitty toaster? Like, I don't need it, but I want it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So that concludes our episode about TikTok and moving. Thanks listeners for joining us. And thank you, Laura, for joining us. We had a blast with you. Um, Bye. And all of our listeners should go follow him on TikTok at CyberXBoyfriend. He makes hilarious content and we've had a blast with him today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, most of my socials are CyberXBoyfriend on everything. My Twitter, it's just an X though, because you can't put the EX. <laughs> It's too long. Oh, Twitter. <laughs> Speaking of social, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. On next week's episode, we'll be discussing cooking. Until next time, peace.